everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast or welcome if you're just tuning in for the very first time. This is our second video podcast that we've ever done and we have something really special lined up for you tonight. I would first like to welcome my co-host for the evening, one of my favorite people, one of my best friends, and she is the president of Charleston's Absent Friends, so you know her as a familiar face. And she also is your resident Frankenfurter slash Magenta on the Rocky Horror Shadowcast that Charleston's Absent Friend does. Jules is back. Yay, it's me, your local neighborhood, Frank. Yes. Thank you so much for mentioning CAF. Um, we're, we actually just got our nonprofit status a few weeks ago, which is really exciting. Um, we're sorry in advance, by the way, if I freeze, I'm out in the farmland <laughs> of Charleston. So I'll be here. I might be frozen for a minute. Y'all enjoy that screenshot you have. <laughs> um, but yeah, CAF, um, our mission, just so y'all know, is uh, really to create safe and affirming spaces for minority groups here in Charleston. It's needed. The world is terrifying outside of the world of horror. It's terrifying. Wish it wasn't. Uh, so if you feel like a weirdo, a black sheep, if you need a safe space to be yourself, come to our shows. We'd love to have you join the family. And I'm really happy to be uh, not a guest this time, like last time. Now I'm a co-host. So thank you to Kevin and uh, our guest. Yes, absolutely. Jules, it's so great to have you back. Our last episode was a ton of fun and, uh, you know, full circle because our guest today is someone that we met at Atomicon, which all of our audiences probably saw our photos and posts from there. Mm -hmm. And we would like to welcome a very special guest today for a very fun interview today. Uh, we are both big fans of this person, and you all listening and watching know him from many projects, including Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills. We would like to welcome special guest actor Michael Smallwood. Hello, Michael. Hi, Hi how's it going? <laughs> the crowd goes wild. Woo, 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 woo. Happy strike day. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess technically it's at midnight, so it's technically not strike day yet. It's it's <laughs> at midnight tonight. We're we're getting there. We're five we're, hours. Oh, it's, it's gonna be great. So basically, after by the time the podcast ends, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll be we'll be at midnight. <laughs> anyway, Maybe. yeah, right. You never know with this stuff. You but uh, Michael, it's a real honor to have you on here. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. This is, this is gonna be fun. I'm super excited. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, I think uh, Jules and I are both confident in saying we had a total blast meeting you at Atomicon. Oh, thanks. I, yeah, I. It was super fun meeting. Uh, it was super funny meeting. Super. Oh my goodness. Words, <laughs> it was super fun meeting both of you. You. Uh, I met Jules in Frankfurter costume. Um, so it's you know it's it's like meeting a whole new person right now. Here's my here here's my real face. Not a lot of people see it, but you know, now now the the listeners know my face. There we go. I mean, I was under the impression that Frank was was the real face, but you know. I mean, <laughs> depends on the day. Like after give me a couple more hours once the sun goes down, it's Frank and Burger baby. Okay. But right now it's all biz. So sure. I love it. Alter egos, we love that. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we we had a total blast talking with you. We actually, Jules and I met you at the same time in the uh, like in the hallway after your panel that you did at Atomicon. And we probably spent a good 20, 30 minutes talking with you about everything you had going on and all Halloween stuff. So kind of full circle here. Yeah, this is this is great. And and yeah, that was, it was uh, that panel was very interesting. Um, I, I 
I get really weird. It's it, it, it was very weird for me because I was like, you want to do a panel with me? Like, who's gonna come to it? Like, how does anybody <laughs> want to like sit and listen to me talk? And then some people did come and sit and listen to me talk, uh, which was strange. And then, mm-hmm. uh, but then I, I I met you all in the hallway, and I was like, okay, this is fun. This is more my speed. It's a, it's very. I, yeah. I like panels. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time that one was like, this is just about you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no, it should be about me and other people. <laughs> yeah. I feel that being, <laughs> yeah, being part of a big ensemble cast, it is kind of weird. You know, it's like, this isn't just about me or Frank, like the, like we all make it the show. Yeah. So I totally get that. And I do want to say we would have been there, but we had a panel at the same time. Yeah, you had a panel at the same time. It's fine. It's just oh, one of those things that happens at conventions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know it is what it is uh but no it was fun it was a cool you know it's a cool little panel I, I i i love getting to talk about um almost i almost said like my career so it, it, i don't like talking it's not that i just like talking about myself all the time that sounds very strange that's not what i mean but like if people have questions about it i'm more than happy to answer them mm-hmm. because i would have questions about this kind of stuff and yeah. uh you know it's some of it's fascinating mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like we also have to give a shout out to charlie uh because i was geeking out because i don't i don't know if you can tell we're halloween fans um so i, I was like I was oh my get the memo to wear a halloween shirt <laughs> man kevin you've got to include that in the zoom so invite un- next so time prepared dress must, code of midnight you must wear the shirt okay. of what I'm, you I'm are from center stage i'm representing center stage there you go i love it that's, that's just as good student-run theater organization at the College of Charleston. Yeah, Yeah, they actually, I want to shout out to them. They put on Rocky Horror usually once a year. So I'm all about supporting as many Rocky Horrors as y'all can. So if I wasn't performing every time they were, I would love to go (laughs) see them, Um, but definitely support that. Can I make, I'm going to sidetrack us a little bit and I'm going to make, I'm going to be vulnerable here for a minute. And I'm going to do it. I love it. Real honest. I am someone who has never really been into rocky horror no judgment i've always been like oh i don't i I don't it it was almost like i didn't really quite get it i'm like i get Mm -hmm. like i get camp i get things that are fun i get all the stuff in it it's like one of those things where like all the pieces are for me Mm -hmm. but the total of it never quite landed for me and for years I have been going back and forth, but like, why is this? Why do Mm -hmm. I like things like, like one of my favorite movies is Phantom of the Paradise. That movie is Mm -hmm. terrible. That movie is 80s camp through the roof. Mm -hmm. I love it. Like that kind of stuff I could get behind. I don't know why I wasn't, I was the whole time I was like, why am I not getting into Rocky Horror? What's missing? And then I finally, so I was talking to some people about this Mm -hmm. and I was, it started with me talking about how I, am one of this isn't i'm not i'm not being funny i'm not being funny my one of my favorite movies of all time is the room like i i (laughs) i love that movie and i love the act of watching it yeah i love the act of watching it with people i love when people haven't seen it It, i consider it Mm -hmm. my goal to be the person who shepherds them through it and then i finally uh in a conversation with some people about that and then they were like yeah like rocky horror and i was like not yeah but like rocky horror and then and then i was like oh i think i get what's missing i think i get why rocky horror never landed for me in the way that things like the room have Mm -hmm. and it's because the first time i watched rocky horror i sat down and watched it as a movie oh Uh, that'll do it 
I was, no one shepherded me through it. I did not go to Mm -hmm. a screening of it with people who love it. Like the, the actual like communal elements of Rocky Horror have never been a part of my understanding of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been a movie that I just Mm -hmm. didn't quite get. Into, yeah. right like I, I just didn't quite click for me I was like oh I, I yeah all these pieces are things I like love the music mm-hmm. in it genuinely all the performances are incredible I love yeah. how trans like transgressive it is it was and remains like I love everything about Rocky Horror I just don't ever want to watch it and I think <laughs> a big part of that is that again like yeah I I've never been to a shadow cast of it I've mm-hmm. never been to like a live screening of it I've never been to like a performance of the, of the stage play or any of that stuff so I'm missing the big element. It would be like if somebody was like, watch, if someone watched The Room alone and we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. All the pieces in here are ridiculous, but I'm not super into this. Like, you need, you need those, you need, yeah. you need someone who loves it in the room with you. And I yeah. think that has been, I, I came to this conclusion like a few months ago that I think that's what's missing from my relationship with Rocky Horror. Well, you know what that means. You know what the next step is to give it a try is to go. I got to do it. I guess I got to go, go, go to one of the shadow casts. <laughs> I got to go to one of the screenings. Yeah. Have to, yeah. have to try. We'll I call owe it to the movie. Oh, absolutely. If that's the missing link. Well, call oh, me a little call me a little bit biased, but um, Jules and CAF over there, they do a pretty darn good job at uh, at getting you into the swing of things with Rocky Horror. So it's gonna have to happen i i gotta <laughs> i gotta go to one because like i said yeah. it's been this thing that has like it's like as a weirdo as a theater kid as all these things that like rocky horror is supposed to be for you i've always been like uh-huh okay well, yeah <laughs> well well number one this is a safe space so even if you come and see me and you're like i really <laughs> did not like it still uh sorry i'm gonna be like that's fine uh that's one of the things i say when we have newbies or we call them virgins come to the show i'm gonna be like uh, you're not going to know anything that's happening. Just so you know, just a forewarning. It's very, it's weird. It is. Um, and and we won't stay on Rocky too much, but we would love you to come. I think a great show for you to come to. We actually have one of the stars of the film, Barry Bostwick, coming in September to Terrace. Um, it's 923 is the date. So uh, to get the full experience, you can't get much better than having one of the stars from the film there. We're going to do all the classic call outs, the prop bags, everything. Charlie's going to be there, which is sidebarring here. Why the three of us know each other. He he pulled me at Atomicon and was like, come here. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm <laughs> geeking. I'm geeking. And he just pulled me through the whole con and made his way up to you. And, and then I did the same thing with Kevin. I said, Kevin, I can't meet like a horror actor, you know, like without Kevin. Kevin, come in. So um, so Charlie would be a really good guide for if you ever want to do it. But like I said, no pressure. We all have different tastes. So um, but that is funny. That really is how it, it hasn't quite clicked with you. So. <laughs> Yeah, and like I said, I think I just think that might be the thing that I've, I've yeah. always sort of missed from. Like, like you know, you hear all people doing it every year and all the things. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds like how I feel about the room. Yeah. What's <laughs> missing? And I was like, oh, what's mm-hmm. missing is that like you weren't introduced to it. Yeah. In, it, in its real form. Well, I was blessed to be introduced to the room properly last November. Terrace actually had a screening, and I went. People were throwing. Uh, spoons they were shouting <laughs> cala or san what was it was san francisco and yeah, all of these different showing the san francisco bridge for <laughs> yes. no reason 
Yes, absolutely. So um, I got, I totally get it because if I would have just been like, oh, cool, the room is on Prime. Let me just give it a go and watch it at home. I probably wouldn't have the same experience with it right yeah. now. So you'd be like, <laughs> yeah. you'd be like, this is the movie people are obsessed by. I mean, it's terrible, <laughs> but I don't understand yeah. what the fun is. And what you need yeah. is me sitting behind you going, okay, okay, listen, okay. But I want you to keep thinking about how old is Denny supposed to be? Yeah. Why does the movie never expl- explicitly tell you? He's anywhere from 16 to 30, and I can't figure it out. The movie dr- keeps giving me clues, but they're all red herrings. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> oh. oh, so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that's a that's a funny thing how stuff like that works. Like you can't really explain fandoms sometimes. It's just like whether whether it's the community or you have a personal relation with whatever movie you're watching or whatever show you're watching. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how that how that works. And we'll definitely get into that as we as we chat this evening. Uh but again, Michael, so excited to have you on the show. Uh remind me, you're originally from Baltimore, correct? I am. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, yeah, I live. Uh, you know, I, I, the first, I guess, first third now of my life was spent there, and then I, uh, uh, and then my family moved to South Carolina, and then I went to College of Charleston, and uh, yeah, I've been I've been based out of Charleston ever since. So. Awesome, awesome. I love that. Um, Maryland is actually the only other state I've called home, and I'm actually going there next month. And the first thing I want to do is go to an Orioles game. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, go to Camden Yards, eat some food, watch the O's lose, and go home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Yeah. To be fair, I left Baltimore like decades ago. They could be good for all I know. Like I yeah. don't know, right? But I just remember <laughs> that that's what we used to do. We used to go. We used to be there and be like, "Yep, Cal Rip can still play in games. It's part of this record." And then uh, they lose, and then you just go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> part well, just part of the ritual, right? yeah it's a requirement that they must lose they are not allowed to win they're allowed to win they just never did i i I don't i've never been to an orioles game where they won hey it's like being a gamecocks fan here right you just go through a lot (laughs) of hard years lots of hard years but uh you know you stay a fan so but yeah that's nice to know you're from baltimore um Mm -hmm. maryland is definitely a place that, that has part of my heart always so where in maryland are you from so I actually lived in what I call the South Carolina of Maryland, Pasadena. Okay, I don't know where that is, but my wife's also from like the South Carolina of Maryland. Yes, but there was literally <laughs> like South Carolina Avenue literally was like in oh, our man. little town, but it's Anne Arundel. It's it's down there I by the water. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that yep. area. My wife's from like Frederick, Maryland. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I think that's maybe a little more Western than I was, but um, anywhere you go in that state, I mean, beautiful. I mean, seriously, I, I loved, loved being there. So that's a good state. That's a good yeah. state. I, to be fair, as a, uh, uh, living there as a kid, you don't know any of it outside of Baltimore and you know that DC is there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I just rolled through Maryland for the very first time last year on my way up to New York and it was pouring down rain the entire time. <laughs> so I was like, this feels like home, but it's not, but it's a little bit cooler up here, which is nice. Yeah. 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 I'll actually be, <laughs> nice. be up there in August. So that'd be really cool. I've, I, haven't nice. been, I haven't been up that way in a, in a long time. And yeah. I've been trying to make it back to Baltimore because I'm dying for crabs. Like, I just want crabs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's one of a kind up there for sure with, with the seafood. You think Charleston has good seafood and then you go up to Maryland and you're like, oh, no, no, they don't. So it's, it's not even yeah. comparable, especially like, crabs. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. 
Well, uh, Michael, we we always open the show with the exact same question, and uh, Jules knows where I'm going with this. We are a weekly horror podcast, as I mentioned before when we were talking to sort of prep for this, and we always give our new guests the first question the same every time. As a horror fan, what was your intro to horror, and what movies messed you up in your upbringing of getting into horror? Ooh, good question. So I've got a very interesting relationship with horror. Um, you know, as a kid, it's one of, I, I've I've been obsessed with movies for as long as I can remember, right? So so movies have always been a part of my DNA, always been a part of my diet. Um, horror movies, obviously, as a kid, are these like mythic beings that you you know have to tread lightly around because mm-hmm. some of them are okay, but some of them are absolutely gonna ruin you right so um i i'm trying to remember what my exact earliest horror movie would have been i'm not entirely sure i know my earliest memories of movies that i was like i really want to watch that but i really know i shouldn't is like the child's play movies like i distinctly remember being like i want to watch this movie about the doll that comes to life but i shouldn't um and then i i i I saw, uh, and to this day, it's the only franchise that I've still never seen all the movies for, or, or really any of them. But as a kid, I saw some of one of the Hellraiser movies. Oh, yeah. Um, and it freaked me out so much that I not only did I not finish that movie, but I have never rewatched it. I've never watched any <laughs> of the rest of the movies. Like Hellraiser was just something that as a child, I got scared away from. And then mm-hmm. I have never gone back. Um. You know, and then, under, understandable that the, that first Hellraiser just coming coming right out of the gate with, you know, skin being torn apart torture. and chains going into people yeah. like that's pretty gnarly when you're a kid trying to trying to watch that. <laughs> I also and I don't even know I don't I don't know what movie this is. I feel like I've looked I've looked this up and it could be one of like three or four different movies, but I remember distinctly as a kid going to my uncle's house and watching a movie where people were legit eating each other's brains. And I don't think it was a zombie movie. I think it was a, I can't remember what it was, but it was like, cause like the, it was like bright. Like the scenes were not like dark, but they were like eating each other's brain, like, like taking people's brains out and eating them. And I remember that image very, very clear, distinctly, like on a staircase, like someone has mm-hmm. a brain on a staircase, is an image that's been burned in my head since I was a kid who just was at his uncle's house. His uncle's just casually watching this brutally gory movie. <laughs> um, but to this day, I'm still not entirely sure what movie that was. Like I said, it, I've tracked it to like maybe three or four different movies and yeah. never been able to be like, yeah, it's definitely that. Uh, yeah it's a hard thing to google like brains being eaten on stairs by all of the actors and like i don't how do you yeah, even begin it, to figure that one out <laughs> so, uh, so there's some 90s movie out there that is the movie that has an image in my head mm-hmm. um but then things like you know gremlins i was i really liked critters I, I i was super into as a kid uh the tramp the first two tremors movies um oh yeah but I mean, look, I'm becoming a teenager in the late 90s. Like it belongs to Scream. It, you know, like it's Scream's the first horror movie that I was like, that I was like in love with. This is my movie. This is my horror franchise. Um, I know what you did last summer was okay. Urban Legend is better. Like, but like, you know, it's 
for me, it's it's all about it's all about the scream movies. And then I kind of got I kind of get out of horror. Like the when I'm in college, the 2000s, the sort of turn into like the Saw franchise, the torture porn, the mm-hmm. the the innumerable and incessant possession and and ghost movies, like all of that kind of turned me off of the genre for a long time. Um, so for a long time, it was it had kind of become my least favorite genre because I just wasn't interested in any of the direction it was in. Um, but then in the 2010s, I start getting brought back things like Raw, things like, um, oh my goodness, uh, what is the name? It's the German one with the kids and their moms had plastic surgery. Oh, uh, oh good night, mommy. Good night, yeah. mommy. I was yeah. like, I was like, that's I was gonna say <laughs> that, and then I was like, that's not what it's called though. It's called something else. <laughs> But yeah, Good Night Mommy, uh, Raw, Girl Works Home Alone at Night. Um, oh my God, what's the other one? What's the one? Oh no, okay. God, what? What is? I'm blanking on titles tonight. <laughs> what's the one where the girl, her family, their mur- she's like they're keeping a, a somebody. Oh my goodness, they're keeping someone in their barn who murdered the mom. Mom, so like her and her dad keep the guy in the barn and they kill him. The Eyes of My Mother. That's the name of that movie. That movie's awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah, the last like 10, 15 years or so have really gotten me back into the genre. Um, you know, I, I, I like, I really like the original Candyman and the remake. Uh, really, you know, the Halloween remake, the Halloween franchise, I'm part of it. So that's neither here nor there. But yeah, there's been a lot of stuff in the last 15 or so years that, that have really gotten me back on board with the genre in a big way, which is super exciting. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Those are some of those movies I've actually never heard of. I'll have to uh, to check those out for sure. Yeah, I think, yeah. I'm pretty, it's I, yeah, the eyes of my mother is weird and super crazy good. Obviously, Good Night Mommy's great. Um, Raw is amazing. If you haven't seen that one, that, that's probably my favorite modern horror movie. Um, uh yeah um also (laughs) you know what from the mid-2000s when i was kind of out of the genre but still here's a shout out to the descent great movie from an era that did not have a lot of great movies in it (laughs) my uh my my co-host on the the regular sunday episodes jason has been like begging to pick that for the show because i actually have never seen it and a lot of people haven't Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot movie. of people avoid it because it's of it's missed it first. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a movie yeah. from like it's from like two thousand eight or nine. Not a lot of people saw it when it dropped. It it mm-hmm. I re- I'd only saw it on like I I was working at Blockbuster, so I saw it on DVD. But like it's a movie that every time I bring it up, people are like, "Oh, I've actually never seen that." And I'm like, "It's <laughs> really good. How has no one seen it? It's a lost gem." Well, I think that since we're you know, in the 2020s now, a lot of those movies are hitting their 20 year anniversary. And what happens mm-hmm. in horror is a lot of movies that either went under the radar or got brushed off tend to get re reevaluated or rediscovered. And people go, yeah. oh, my goodness, have you seen this one? You should check this out. This is great. And I feel like that's what happened with The Descent in recent years where everybody's coming out of the woodwork being like, mm-hmm. dude, have you seen this? This movie's great. So creepy and uh, claustrophobic, which I'm sure is a um, yeah, a uh, trigger for a lot of people absolutely yeah. but like in the best way it has an incredible ending like and and does a really good job like it's a monster movie but it doesn't it's one of the it's not a monster movie doesn't really introduce the monsters for a good while 
still terrifying throughout because like you said it's playing with the claustrophobia for so long that by the time it introduces the monsters you're like oh my god i was just i still wasn't okay with the claustrophobia (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome no that's a fantastic list we'll definitely have to tackle Mm -hmm. some of those on the show but you said you had an overall interest in film going way back when so how did you get into acting? What drew you to the the craft overall of of wanting to act and be on screen? Uh, look, I was too small to be a professional wrestler. And so uh, <laughs> I'm only kind of kidding. Uh, no, I so I like I said, you know, I've always watched movies. I've watched movies since I was a little kid, um, very young. And so movies have just always been there. And then, you know, in the early nineties as I'm starting to formulate ideas of like movies as this thing. I mean, you know, there's, there's kind of no way, there's kind of no way to be a kid. I like, I was seven years old when Jurassic park comes out and there is no way to go and watch that movie and not think a dinosaurs are cool. I want to know everything about dinosaurs, (laughs) but also to not watch that movie and go, I don't, know what this like i want to be a part of whatever this is mm-hmm. like however you make this i want to be a part of that um and then yeah so I, and i started you know i started acting in in middle school uh I, technically i started acting in, in in elementary school in second grade i played santa claus oh okay uh, your first credit on your imdb i don't know if it made it on credit. there but <laughs> i love that i love i love that because we had we had auditions they were going to oh, give it to another okay. kid and i was like no no no, no. Don't just give it to him. Wait till you see my ho ho ho. I, okay? I should get to okay. I should get to audition for it. Um, and I got the part. Uh, and then yeah, I mean, and then so performing has pretty much you know been there since then. Um, and then as I'm you know as I'm into high school, I'm I'm getting super serious about theater and performing. Uh, you know, I go to I go to college for it. Uh, and it's been been non-stop ever since um but yeah and i i the rest for wrestling thing i'm laughing about because like so i see jurassic park at seven um and so it's like okay great movies are the most magical thing in the world and then at eight i discover professional wrestling mm-hmm. and then very shortly after that i figure out like the work of what professional wrestling is right yeah. so then i'm like okay great so the, it, you know they're not actually hurting each other it's all choreographed i mean they mm-hmm. are getting hurt but like like, you know, they're playing characters. And that was just so fascinating to me. This, this you know, brilliant piece of live theater that's just like acting and improvisation and stage combat and all these really cool elements that I'm like, this is so much, this is so cool. And then of course, you know, it's like, okay, great. I could be a, I could be a professional wrestler when I grow up. I'm not going to grow any more than this. I could be an actor. <laughs> I love we're already diving into wrestling because I was going to sidebar at some point and bring it up because I know we bonded over that a little bit at Atomicon. It makes total sense. I mean, wrestling to this day, first of all, we just went last Sunday to old school championship wrestling here. Kevin and I both went. So we just got a taste. I don't know if you remember Gangrel, uh, the vampire. We just hung out with him for a little bit. He's he comes to almost all the shows here. Um, My first time seeing Austin Theory wrestle was at there you go. Same here. Yep. So we were sitting back and just appreciating. I I just don't think people realize the acting component, the character build and everything that goes into a match like this. So my question for you, because I think this reveals a lot about a person's character is who is, and I know this sucks when you get questions like this, your (laughs) favorite wrestler, if you're at gunpoint and 
favorite wrestler of all time, you have to pick one. Who's it going to be? Okay, so my it's it, it that is a tough question. Um, my favorite of all time, the guy who got me into it, and who's who I was like, you're my guy. This you're the you're the epitome of a pro wrestler, Bret Hart. I'm a Bret Hart guy going way back. Um, he's 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 such a grumpy cat now in his old age. He has <laughs> yep. every right to be, but good lord, he was great in his time. And then my current faves right now, I mean, like, I like this is controversial. This is gonna be a controversial pick. Not a lot of people, you're not you won't hear a lot of people pick this guy, but I think when it comes to character work, consistent in ring work that matches the character that he plays, um, that there's nobody's doing nobody's doing it better than the Miz. Nobody's been oh, doing it better. Than yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's just perfect as a professional wrestler. Like he's yep, great. Like talk about like somebody who is full on and like there are people I, there are tons of people who i really love i'm a big fan of carmelo hayes right now i'm a big fan of mm-hmm. um obviously like you know uh, people like oscar and rhea ripley and all these other great wrestlers but like yeah man you look at the miz's work it's just <laughs> such consistently like wonderful character driven work yeah oh, mm-hmm. he gives but, it a thousand percent at all times so does whatever they need him to do can kind of play any role yeah. they need him to play like mm-hmm. come on that guy's great and down to earth as can be. I mean, every time someone's meeting him, he is just like the nicest dude. He's, he's such a dorky fan. Who's just is like, yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's crazy. They let me do this, right? Yeah. yeah it's like, His yeah. story is really inspiring too, though, because I remember watching him on like SmackDown in 07 and he would just be the guy that was like there to lose. And they'd be like, the Miz. And he never got well, any press or anything. He started on like the real world telling mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah, I watched I that season. Wrestler. That's my whole goal. <laughs> yeah. I'm like doing this to get in the wrestling. And they were like, shut up, dude. <laughs> yeah i was gonna mention real world i was like is anyone gonna remember that 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 even occurred so i'm so glad you did because i was a real world junkie there for a while and like, what um, an incredible story to be like some dude on the real world going yeah i want to be a pro wrestler i've got this character when i get drunk and it's like all right yeah and then like a few years later he's a pro wrestler and everyone's like you're terrible and it's been 15 years that dude's had yep. a hall of fame career yeah love him. absolutely love um <laughs> That's so cool. Um, so we, you know, you touched on it earlier with, uh, you know, obviously nowadays you're you're heavily entwined with the the Halloween series. So you go through your journey of acting, and you go through this cycle with horror where you fall in love with it. You co- and then you take a break and you come back to it. Where along your journey so far in your life did Halloween come into play? Was this one of the early horror movies that you saw and you loved right away? Did you see it later? What was your experience with the Halloween series? So the original Halloween movie, I would have seen, I saw much later. I saw much later. I I would have seen, I I would have seen Halloween H2O before actually watching the original one. Um, and which um, Halloween H2O, a movie I, I remember enjoying. Um, I haven't watched it in a, a long time though. I should, I should rewatch it. Uh, but yeah, and then, and then, I, you know, I started, um, at, at a certain point, as I'm coming out of my, coming back into my enjoyment of horror, I start rediscovering the original Halloween because I start, you know, uh, I, I was I was teaching and I was teaching a, a, a at a school and teaching film history, so I was like rediscovering the original Halloween because it's uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I, I'm if I'm gonna teach Psycho, I guess I have to teach Halloween, <laughs> uh, and. And 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 you know discovering like oh yeah this movie still really holds up like this movie's still mm-hmm. really great, um, and then of course the 
reboot franchise uh 2018 rolls around and my, my my wife is a huge halloween fan um she's you know it was her high school ringtone the michael myers theme big <laughs> halloween fan and so uh this <laughs> this opportunity to be in halloween 2018 rolls around um and like i said I've, at this point i've i've rediscovered uh the original and really really enjoyed it and i had seen other ones i was not a fan of the rob zombie ones um but uh and mostly even as like you know not a huge fan of the halloween franchise but watching the rob zombie one the entire time i was like this doesn't make any sense why you would make this choice the first 30 minutes really shouldn't be in this movie Mm -hmm. um because michael myers is a one of the things the only the thing about michael myers that makes him interesting is that we have no idea why any of this is important now, right? He doesn't explain mm-hmm. anything. He doesn't talk about anything. He just decided to start killing people and just will not stop. That's the thing about him that makes it horrifying. A movie that spends almost 30 minutes explaining why Michael Myers should kill these people and in fact making you, the audience, go, hey, don't you want him to kill these people? <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I do, but this is now a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not right. I'm now, I'm now not afraid of this monster. Yeah, now like rooting for this kid to kill a bunch of people. Yeah, it's like, come on, we're supposed to be on the final girls' team, right? <laughs> we're not supposed yeah. to be on Michael I'm Myers's like, team. After 20 minutes, I'm like, kill these people, Mike. Like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like they are, they suck. So yeah, that you know, I so I hadn't been a big fan of that movie, but then when the reboot rolled around, like the opportunity to audition for it came up. Um and then, you know, and I I, I got cast in the movie for this for the you know the the uh infamous uh one take. And I kind of was like, you know, I, I had the script. It was I, I asked my wife, I was like, Do you want to read the script of the new Halloween movie? And she was like, No, I want to watch it. Um <laughs> and so then it, I kind of just thought, like, it was kind of like, oh, this will be a cool novelty. I'll be able to say that I was, you know, in one of these movies. Like, that'll be mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, so that's basically yeah. when it happened. Like, I'm already, I had already, you know, rediscovered the franchise and sort of come back to it um, and then got to be a part of it. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like, that'll be a neat <laughs> little surprise. I, I, of course, didn't know that Halloween Kills was coming at the time. Yeah. So, um, and then that, you know, becomes this this you know really brings me into the fold of the franchise that's such a cool that's such a cool story and i mean what was the so we all know that they shot halloween 2018 mostly here in charleston Mm -hmm. what what was the audition process like was there just like an open call that you saw somewhere and you showed up or how did that work so i got i got sent and it, like kind of an open call from my uh, from my agency, they had you know the casting directors had reached out about bringing in a lot of local Charleston talent to fill out the town of Haddonfield, basically. Nice. Um, and so they had us sort of come in and and basically audition to be the townspeople, like be various people who live in Haddonfield. Um, and you know we were kind of reading sides, but it was it wasn't so much about that. It was about like you know getting the feel for different people who could exist mm-hmm. in this version of the Illinois town. Um, 
So, and, and I, you know, like I said, first coming in, I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. And we got to do some like cool improv stuff, um, you know, uh, which was pretty neat. And then uh, I'm pretty sure I like read a scene. I do not remember what it was or what it was about, but like, I kind of was like, okay, cool. I got to audition for that. That was neat, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, not really expecting anything to come of it. Uh, and then they, you know, reached out and were like, hey, do you want to come and, and play this doctor? And I was like, sure. Yeah, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's really what it was. It was this it was this sort of uh, and, and other other projects, other shows, excuse me, have done that as well. Like have sort of we don't really have a specific role in mind for people that we're auditioning. It is kind of like a um, it's kind of an open call, but it's like an open like we're trying to fill out characters. What? are you yeah. somebody that we could build a character around mm-hmm. um and that that's not you know that's not that it's not it's not a normal thing but it's not unusual either yeah yeah that's pretty cool it's like you can find people who actually fit it you know naturally yeah. um so it sounds like so you didn't know halloween kills was coming so did they look back at the first movie in the trilogy and take some of those townspeople and develop these roles for the second one yeah, that was pretty much, that was basically, it was described to me that after they had finished writing Halloween, the plan was to sort of build out. So we've done this, you know, this night and then to make the sequel be about the town, right? The town's gotcha. reaction to what Michael Myers does. And so they, you know, brought back several characters who had been briefly introduced in the first one um, and, and expanded on characters who lived in the town. And of course, the legacy characters who would have still been there and would have been around for the first incident uh 40 years ago so um yeah bringing bringing uh carmela mcneil who plays vanessa and i back was a matter of being like well we had these two characters that we we sort of didn't find out where they went so let's track where where they went and what the rest of their night was like and sweeping us into using us as as new characters uh, as members of the town to sort of sweep us into this intrigue with all these returning legacy characters mm-hmm. uh you know we were we were kind of the bridge between the two movies yeah and i i love that that's such a natural progression too for the characters that you all played because as we all saw that new trilogy sort of play out the town of haddonfield becomes as much of a character as michael and laurie are so mm-hmm. and then you know seeing like even just scenes of dialogue with you and um, Vanessa and all the people in the bar. It's important that you all are reacting to what the town is becoming and what Michael's role in the movie is doing to, to the town for sure. Yeah. It was an interesting sort of narrative to, to track this idea of, you know, violence and how it seeps into community, particularly like a small community, right? You have this mm-hmm. one event it's going to affect certain people forever, but it's also going to affect that town, the lore of that town for a long Mm -hmm. time. And then, you know, if, if, if that sort of violence and anger comes back, it starts to seep into other people. And then over time, you know, even in the future, right. We see it in Halloween ends that it's seeping into people who aren't Michael and um, you know, how, how people treat each other when those sorts of wounds are still open and, and yeah. festering is I, I thought it was a really, really interesting way, you know, especially really interesting way to take an established franchise and tell a unique story yeah. in that framework. Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, it was it was super fun to be a part of that. That's amazing. Yeah. And I want to ask you about the uh, the infamous one take that you mentioned before from Halloween 2018. That shot to me, you know, obviously for people listening, it's the shot where Michael, it's one take of Michael walking down the street, the kids running into him and him just doing his thing, walking through this town on Halloween night and then starting his rampage. That to me is so quintessential Halloween. And I saw mm-hmm. another interview, Michael, where you talked about Halloween being, you know, something you really enjoyed growing up. So how was shooting that that one take scene for you? Were you just in heaven with all the all the Halloween stuff going around? What was that experience like? It's fun. It was a, it was a neat, you know, we kind of had the, had the costumes on. Um, the, the thing about shooting a one take, right, is that it is that's the whole night. Like just that one shot is the whole night. And it is a lot of like you have every single piece has to be set. So basically, you know, you, you get these like bursts of, of prep and bursts of, of setup. And then it is, okay, all right, we got you set. Now we have to go set this part. Now we have to go set this part. Now we have to go set this part. And then it's like, okay, great. Now we can do it all. It was very strange because it was like January. Um, <laughs> sort of like, you know, it's an overnight shot. Everyone's in Halloween costumes, like just different, like, <laughs> halloween costumes and the whole time it's like it's january like we're all kind of cold yeah (laughs) (laughs) overnight and like mid to late i think it was late january um but yeah it's it's you know it was very weird to you know one day you're just like going about your regular day and the next evening it's suddenly halloween yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they've turned an entire block of town into just Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a little weird. Like the first time yeah. you do it, like, oh, this is okay. All right, that's very weird to exist in right now. Um, but yeah, sounds I, like it, a dream. I right? want it to be Halloween Town can pop up in Charleston any day <laughs> of the year, and I am here for it. So. Yeah, and it was really cool, and everybody had like really cool costumes, and I think they all brought them. Them, I can't remember if they were like you bring, have to bring your own costume. They also had costumes who were providing people, so it was just like stuff from all over the place, you know. Yeah. Um, and then you look over, and then it's like, oh, that's like the that's like Michael Myers. That's weird. <laughs> I, I would like to petition for them to do another movie, do the exact same thing, because me, Jules, and you will just go. We'll all go dress up and <laughs> and go hang out in the scene. There you I, go. <laughs> I, so I've been joking. I've been joking because you know, obviously, uh, the the uh, the wonderful um, the wonderful Nancy Stevens, right? Um, is it has been in this franchise from the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, and has now died twice, right? <laughs> like she she dies in Halloween H two O, and then she dies in Halloween Kills. So mm-hmm. we were joking on set. Like Nancy, they should just like like I guess they're they're just gonna kill you every twenty years. Yeah. Like, is that the plan? <laughs> um, and she was like, that. "Yeah, I guess." And I was like, "You know what? You know what, Nancy? I'll take I'll take over from here. They can kill me twenty years from now. Like, I'll come back in the next <laughs> reboot, and then they can kill me again. And just I'll show up every. I, I I would like to take that on. I'll show up and die every twenty years in carry the, the torch. Carry the torch. Reboot Nancy the Halloween movies started. again when the next person Us. reboots." The Halloween yes. movies, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna do my take on them. Like, great, bring me back in the second one, and I'll die. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you bringing up your death scene, well, that was one of my favorite stories you told us at Atomicon was how you were, I don't want to give anything away, but basically filming that whole scene and that experience where you were maybe, I don't know, left somewhere for a little bit longer than you maybe would have liked to to be left. So <laughs> I thought I thought that story is too good to not um, do on the podcast. Absolutely. So I don't know if you, if you want to share your, your death scene experience there. <laughs> I was actually just, I was actually just scrolling through uh, maybe Instagram and came across someone had like reposted the behind the scenes interview with uh, Christopher Nelson about that effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you, in it, you can see me, I want, yeah, you can see me if you, if you watch it, you can see a point where they're like helping me in the car because I'm like half blind. So basically we did the shot and we did it in two different shots. One of them is in the reverse, like just um, uh, uh, James is just using like a knife handle um, and it's 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 just one movement. They play it backwards and they add the blade to make the actual stabbing effect happen, right? But then the second shot, uh, the, 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 the money shot, I guess, is him letting go of the blade while it's still in my face and it just starts bleeding. So that's all a practical effect, that second shot, okay. right? Um, so I had to sit in makeup for like two and a half, well, like two hours, uh, getting getting my eye and left part of my face covered with a identical version, but that has a knife protruding out of it and my eye is bulging out. Mm-hmm. And it has a tube that lets you bleed out. Um, and... So we did that. It goes off without a hitch. You kind of only do it once because the sun's coming up. And it's like, once we do this, his costume is ruined. Like, we got to take the effect off and put it back on. Mm-hmm. So we got, and basically, you know, it went well. You just do it. You let go. I start making noises and moving around and convulsing until they all stop. Um, and then, <laughs> so then that all works. It all goes well. Uh, but the next night, we're shooting some other stuff. And it's after I died. And so they're like, hey, we got to put this makeup back on you again. And we're going to put you in the back seat. Uh, you know, because I'd be dead back there, right? But I don't, A, I to this day don't know that anyone can actually see me in any of that stuff. So I think I was like, oh, come on. But then uh, it's getting late. It's real late. We're coming up coming up to summer, sunrise. We're doing all the scenes. And the scene ends and they start rapping, but I'm still lying in the back of the Jeep and I can't see out of one of my eyes and I'm just <laughs> lying there and everyone's just breaking. They're just breaking for the day. And I, I was, it was very late. I was very tired. And I finally was just like, Hey, can somebody come get me out of this car? <laughs> like, please. Um, and somebody ran over. It was like, sorry, Michael. Sorry. It's okay. I was like, you forgot. You forgot. I was back here. Didn't you? And it's like, fine. Uh, just get me out of here. I would like to go home. I'm going to sleep. I'm so tired. Uh, but it's, you know what? It's fine. If that's the worst day on set, it's not the worst day that I had on set, but if that's the worst day, you know, if that's the biggest thing I have to complain about. Uh, it's a pretty good day then, I guess. Right? If, if that's... I, I will, I will tell you what my worst day on set was. And my worst day on set is the scene where they discover our bodies on the carousel. And you guys um, have the masks on. We have the masks on. It is the middle of the night. We are covered in fake blood don't know how often you've been covered in fake blood outside in the middle of the night in October, but it's cold and do, and like damp, right? Like there's like a, a, a late night sort of mist, right? 
so this fake blood is like wet and it cools and so it's like kind of cold on you and then as it cools it gets stickier so then if you move it's like pulling on itself right okay great and then they're like okay great sit right here slump over Uh, and then we're gonna put this halloween mask (laughs) on your head and i'm (laughs) sitting there having a hard time breathing under the mask slumped in a very uncomfortable position and then it's like okay don't move you're dead action (laughs) just stay slumped over as long as humanly possible i bet you were sore the next day i know i would be oh like for hours like for hours it was i mean it was a long night that that i that that was my least favorite night on set so every time i see the movie and they show that clip i'm like oh (laughs) it's a trigger for your, for your trauma. Your back starts hurting immediately. And, yeah. and uh, I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> no. Oh man, that's gnarly. Uh, I mean, how, so earlier on, I was, I mentioned the, the dialogue that you have with, you know, your wife character, Vanessa, and just with people in the bar. And as you all are discovering the escaped uh, mental patient that, you know, is hiding in the car all the dialogue, you know, seems very natural, especially in the bar scene where you all are kind of like reacting to what's happened on that night and hearing about Michael. And I know you said you got to do some improv for the one take. What was, I mean, what was the, what were the takes like for, you know, stuff like the bar scene and all the buildup before the desk where you're talking, were you getting to, to riff with people that you were around or did they say, say these specific lines? How did that usually go? We've got a script, right? Um, you know, we're following it. Like, our, you know, we've got a, a great team of put together the script, and so you, you kind of want to follow it as much. There were certain scenes where we were given, um, and, and it's not so much that you're given the freedom to riff. It what it is, especially the way David works, um, is that you know you do you, you're gonna do your takes where you're getting what's in the script, but then he also likes options. He likes alternate, you know, mm-hmm. flavors. So, you know, he'll he'll get a couple shots of what we've got and then he'll have an idea somebody you know you know he'll have an idea and say like whoa can we get one where you're instead of that i don't know talk about this for a little bit just to give us you know something to to bridge it or you know um there like i said there is the one scene uh up at the bar when we're like all first meeting that is just completely riffing because uh you know david sort of just let us go um but yeah no for the most part we got what was in the script like we you know we talked about certain things um uh, uh, you know, we we all of that stuff is sort of building because because a lot of that stuff too is like telling the story of the movie. Um, you know, there's certain scenes that you can sort of you know go off and and, and riff on, but then there's certain scenes where like somebody has to say these <laughs> things so an audience understands what's happening. Yeah, there's uh, that thing called plot. Sometimes right. it matters <laughs> a little bit, not in Rocky Horror, but in everything right. else, it usually and, matters a little bit. And like so. the bar scenes you know, not when we're first meeting, but the bar scene where we're all like watching the video, like, I mean, watching the, the news, like all of that is exactly yeah. what was in the script because it kind of yeah. had to be. Yeah. That's that's amazing. And did you shoot, you know, everything in order? Did you go from bar to outside to death scene or did they kind of do it like as they were able to? No, we we went in order of location. So we did the bar stuff. um, And then we did, yeah, we shot in location no we didn't i'm sorry so we did the bar stuff then we did the car stuff like the car the park the death scenes all that and then we did the hospital stuff was later okay Um, 
So it's, so it's a little, it's it, the hospital was the hospital bits of us arriving, you know, coming up and joining the posse and all that stuff. Like that was, that was later. That was after, that was after we had already done the deaths and everything. <laughs> um, yeah. Us, the driving around stuff uh, is the driving around us, us all in the car driving around looking for Michael Myers. That is over two different weeks. Some of it oh, was wow. some of it was the first week, some of it was the second week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting how they always do that. Whenever you hear behind the scenes and they're like, Oh yeah, we shot like the big ending first and then we went backwards. It's like, oh, that's interesting how they do that type of thing. Logistically, most movies aren't shot in order. That's a mm-hmm. that's a that's a very rare occurrence. Um mostly because it, it is uh you know, it, it comes down to schedules, it comes down to locations, like how you know how much time you're spending at each location. Um most m- movies like the best you'll probably get is like shooting in location order like we shot all the stuff in here shot all the stuff here shot all the stuff here but for the most part yeah you don't you don't shoot you don't shoot a movie in order um it's not impossible and i've i've actually i've actually done it i've shot movies that have been just shot in chronological order but it is very rare oh wow yeah that's interesting and so you taught you touched on uh james jude courtney who plays michael myers in the film who and i've heard he's a very lovely human being and so who were some of your favorite people to work with on on set? Oh man. Um like look, yeah, like James is great. He you know, he really he's he's such a pro. He's such a, you know, such a great essence playing the shape like you know. But I mean, he's also just like a gentle, like very <laughs> smart, very uh, you know, loving dude. Um just really enjoyed really enjoyed my time with that guy i like him a lot uh and uh i want to see him soon hopefully i'll see him this i'll, I'll hopefully see him in october um and uh so, so yeah so he's great you know super fun getting to work with him uh yeah nancy stevens i love nancy she's one of my favorite people love carmella like carmella's incredible um and I mean, everybody was great. Like, you know, like there wasn't anybody that I didn't enjoy working with. Um, and like, you know, Anthony Michael Hall is, is, I mean, he's Anthony Michael Hall, right? Like he's, yeah. that's just an iconic dude. Legend. Yeah. I had like a realization at one point because I had like, they had been like, we're bringing you back to this movie. And I was like, great, I'm going to be in this movie. And then I... I think it was like someone had mentioned to me because I guess I had missed it that they had cast Anthony Michael Hall. So then it was, so I had heard that and was like, huh. And then that information just left my head. So then like a few, like a week and a half later, I was like, wait, Anthony Michael Hall's in this movie? Wait, I'm in a movie with Anthony Michael Hall? Okay. It's a dream you didn't even think to ever have. And then there it is. And wow. Yeah. And Uh, how wonderful is it when you actually like the people that you're on a project with? I mean, that makes all the difference in the world. The energy of the film, I can only imagine, is dramatically improved with that. So that's great. Kyle, Kyle Richards, again, like great, uh, like uh, Richard Longstreet, amazing. Love him. He's so good. yeah i yeah we had an we had an incredible cast and like you know like um like everybody is super cool dylan dylan's super cool right like everybody everybody in like, the movie's great yeah some everybody just everybody <laughs> is my favorite so there you go that's it, the best good, answer you could give 
it's a good problem to have. Well, I have a bit of a serious question. Um, so I know it's like just prepping everybody. So, um, you kind of, you've already touched on the theme of Halloween, just evil. It, it changes shape. Um, and I thought the new trilogy really hit that home. I really appreciated that. I know a lot of people weren't the biggest fan of Corey, the character being in there, but I loved it from that perspective of it's not just Michael Myers. There's a lot of evil in this world out there. Um, so kind of taking that theme that evil changes shape and that there's always going to be evil out there. What are some of the biggest evils in our real world today um, that you think are really impacting us uh, as a society that maybe we should work on changing? Maybe not with a knife, but, you know, with action or something like that. Uh, real question. world evils. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I mean, I, I, we're going to be here all night. Um I Trust me, we'll wrap, we'll find a way to wrap it up because Kevin was able to shut five. What was it? Five of our cast members, four of us, y'all, you were able uh, to shut us up. So um, <laughs> I, where do, where do and I, I'm frozen? Even, beautiful frozen. I where love do that. I even start with this one? I mean, I was gonna, well, I, I've been thinking about this because I really wanted so to, many. one of my missions is to just help people and like bring love and kindness to the world. So anytime I can touch on that in an interview or something I'm doing, I love to do that. I mean, truthfully, and this is getting political, Kevin, but um, when I bring was thinking, all right, haha, let's go. So I whenever I thought about welcome. this, there you go. So when I was thinking about this today, I was like, God, I don't want to put Michael on the spot with a question like this. I was like, what would I say? And truthfully, for me, it is the evil that is the presidency of Donald Trump and how that is now changing shape into people such as Ron DeSantis. And we're going backwards and major things like that. Yeah, my issue, the thing is, the thing is about that, though, is that I don't like Donald Trump is a problem, but Donald Trump is neither the call. Like he is not neither the source of that problem, nor is he the only symptom of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it would be it's too easy to point to one person and say that's what's wrong with America, because I don't think that that's true. Uh, you know, corporate consolidation didn't start because of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, institutional racism is not Donald Trump's fault. Uh, you know, uh, like bigotry and and the you know, fervent anti-LGBTQ uh, uh, rhetoric that's going around right now is not Donald Trump's fault. Like, you know what I mean? Like, none of these issues are Trump's fault. Trump is a shyster who found the perfect, like, like con game to run on the country and it worked. Like, that's all he is. He took advantage. He took advantage of being the right guy at the right time to enjoy the not- insubstantially race motivated backlash to Barack Obama's presidency right like that has nothing to do with Donald Trump himself right if we take Donald Trump away America is not necessarily immediately better yeah it could have been someone else and and that's kind of what I yeah and that's kind of what I meant by it's taking a lot of shapes uh, and and he gave a lot of this a platform he gave hate a platform you know and and that's what um but, you know he hasn't been president for three years mm-hmm. things aren't getting I can't point and say that like Trump's out of there so racism is calming back down it's not oh no it's not I can't point and say that Trump's out of there so 
capitalism is getting better. It's not. I can't, you know what I mean? Like, I think the biggest issue, I don't think the issue is, I think Donald Trump is the symptom of a larger issue. But, and I, I do think Donald Trump is a, you know, it took advantage of a lot of those things to acquire power, but anyone can do that. I think that's what's happening a lot in our democracy right now and the way that people are running for and securing positions of power is by capitalizing on something that is running pretty deep in parts of the country i just think that like it's it would because here's the thing unfortunately if it were just donald trump's fault it'd be really easy that would be so much easier get rid of the guy yeah yeah it's not his fault like you know what I mean? Like it's his fault. He sucks, and and, and I I totally don't. I'm, I'm in no way excusing any of his actions, but I am saying that like, man, I, it, it, that's that's I think that's the wrong conclusion to draw because it like I said, it just focuses on one person and not the system, and I think that is a big problem right now in America. You know, you you asked me what my what I think the biggest evil is, and I think the biggest evil right now is America's inability to confront any of its lingering festering cancerous issues and i think a lot of the reason that that is is because americans because that's how america works is that americans are all about individualism Mm -hmm. and so they point at individual people as a problem they point at themselves as not parts of problems right whereas there is no sense in this country of collective reasoning and there's no sense in this country of being able to step back and remove ourselves from an individual is a problem versus a system is a problem and individuals in that system can wreak havoc right like like you know is like us having law enforcement and peacekeeping is not inherently bad but the systems of law enforcement and peacekeeping that we have are problematic individual cops in those systems become quite problematic sending one cop to jail doesn't solve that problem because the system still works right um capitalism is not inherently bad but the system of capitalism that we have and the way that we have let it fester over generations is a problem individual ceos or individual consumers are not the problem in that it's the entire system it really like what you buy versus what i'm willing to buy what this CEO does with his company versus what this CEO does with his company, those are very, very small symptoms of a larger issue that takes more than just like not shopping at certain stores to fix, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest evil right now is that like we kind of have chosen not to see it that way. All of us. I think I think it's a I don't think it's a I don't think it's a politicized issue real i mean i do think that again politics not inherently bad individual people in a system that is broken and corrupted absolutely making it terrible right i i I think the biggest issue facing america is the inability to like be willing to tackle the issues within systems Mm -hmm. and so because america believes wholeheartedly that the problem isn't america it's you or me, and it's definitely not me because I'm the hero of the American story. 
I think like what what do we expect is going to happen? Like until we can all sit down and go, okay, it's not any one of us specifically; it's all of us collectively. It's the way that we do this. What can we do to fix the way that we do this? Like I, I don't see how you fix anything. Yeah. Removing mm-hmm. Donald Trump didn't save America because Donald Trump wasn't the only thing ruining it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, now we have Ron DeSantis and there's always going to be a next one. And that's kind of what my theme was, is there's always going to be a next one. That's how I was relating it to to Halloween. So like, even if you get rid of Michael Myers, there's Corey. If you get rid of Corey, there's going to be another one. So it kind of is like what you were saying. Um, There's always going to be someone else. So we can't focus on just the one bad guy. What was the issue in Haddonfield? The issue in Haddonfield is that like, like, you know, no one was willing to talk about what happened mm-hmm. right yeah. no one was willing to like do the things that needed to be done to like have a collective we need to heal from this trauma that our town suffered and they said okay great so we're just gonna let that trauma fester and then happen again mm-hmm. yeah absolutely right. and i think you just brought honestly one of the biggest solutions that we all have it's free we all can do it it's talking to one another Um, It can absolutely heal things. It can change impressions. There are so many people, you know, as a queer person myself who have never even been friends with a queer person. And then they meet me or someone else on our acting troupe and they're like, oh, you're kind of just like everybody else. So breaking down barriers in any ways that we can. Yeah, I would also argue a little bit that like we've spent a long time breaking down barriers. It's like time to take some action. Like we could, like I am all about discourse, but also like discourse is pointless ultimately if nothing happens because of it. So like I, I the number of times that I've been in rooms where like we're gonna have a talk about racism in our communities, and it is just that it is just a conversation everyone leaves feeling like they did something but nothing has been done and everything goes back to normal within a day right Mm -hmm. i i think i think the biggest issue i don't think the issue i think we talk a lot in this country about everything i just don't think we do anything about any of the stuff that matters Mm -hmm. yeah that's very true we we do new hashtags every week like that's that's nothing yeah like we Mm -hmm. start discourse all the time Mm -hmm. we do not take any action to fix any of these problems and i think that's the issue i i i'm 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 talked out call me when you want to discuss like when you want to actively plan a new system for policing like i don't want to talk i don't want to have a community meeting about policing i want to come into a room and draft new charters like that's what i want to do i want action yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and that's great. So that's something we always encourage at our shows is doing something, you know, not just posting about it, but calling people, calling your representatives, going to protest, you know, forming organizations, just like what we did, becoming a nonprofit, like you're saying, doing something. So what can we all do um, individually to help change? So that's what I would encourage the listeners uh, to do is to no, think- not individually, no, not individually, collectively individually like individually people are using paper straws it's not helping mm-hmm. right we have to collectively sure. do things <laughs> like, yeah. indi- that, that's the, that, that's the issue right like we can individually not shop at walmart that does not collectively fix capitalism mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, but like me starting this nonprofit, now we can all come together. So that's kind of what I was saying. Like if you're motivated, start a nonprofit, start a protest, just do something to get people together. So now we convene as a group, all of us multiple times a month, and that wasn't there before. So so if you have a motivation to create something that's bigger than yourself in that way, like I did with Rocky, like Kevin did with the podcast, like Michael, you've done all of these projects and, and speaking out and willing to be a part of this this little three trio right here um cohesiveness coming together i think that's a really wonderful um note to to highlight is what can we do together so i think that's great we just gotta do stuff i don't know (laughs) yeah that's amazing. And uh Jules, I want to say thank you for for asking that question because you Yeah, it's a really good question. You brought it to me before we hit the record button tonight and I said, "Yeah, absolutely bring that up because you know, Michael and you touched on it as well. It's important to to talk about these things and it ties in perfectly with Halloween and that's what I personally love about the new Halloween trilogy is that it highlights that stuff and especially Halloween Kills coming out while we were still like for the most part on lockdown in a pandemic and you saw people just reacting up in arms and anger and just taking action into their own hands individually instead of as a collective and talking, you know, that's why we personally, that's why I like these movies. And I think that's why a lot of people have latched on to them. So, you know, I just want to say thank you, Jules, for, for asking that. And I think uh, like, like our guests said today, people, you know, talk to each other and then, you know, change it from, not just talking about what you're frustrated about, but talk about like, okay, I'm frustrated now. What can we do together? So I think that's an important message to to give to our listeners for sure. And that actually ties into my next question, uh, Michael, regarding Halloween as a whole. We've touched on the different iterations of Halloween. You know, Rob Zombie kind of has a backstory for why Michael Myers is the way he is. Some of the sequels give a backstory and they go in different directions as the movies go on. But at its core, you go all the way back to Halloween 1978. Michael is a vessel for evil. And I was actually talking with um, Jules about this maybe yesterday during our our planning meeting or in somewhere in the buildup to this, where I had heard on another podcast that John Carpenter based the character off of just people that he saw in the world that to him were pure evil at that time coming off of especially, you know, in 1978, coming off of like the civil rights movement and, you know, just seeing people doing, you know, terrible things to each other. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where that inspiration came from um, per that podcast discussion about Michael. And, you know, going into these new sequels, we have these themes that we just touched on um, with Jules's question, but I kind of wanted to throw it to you to ask for you personally, what do you think it is about these Halloween movies that keeps people coming back to them time and time again, because, you know, so many movies, I'm sure, you know, Halloween ends won't be the end. We all know there'll be a reboot or a distant sequel or something like that, or a reimagining and people, you know, always want more, whether they hate a movie or love a movie, they're always coming back to Halloween, even if they're just rewatching the original or an older sequel. So what, what to you personally, is it that, in your opinion, what what brings people back to Halloween time and time again as a franchise, do you think? What I love about Michael Myers is that, and I think I think what hits a I don't know, I'm talking for people. I don't I'm 
you listening to this might not agree that this is what people get out of Michael Myers, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to say what I get out of him and I'm going to extrapolate into other people. What I get out of Michael Myers and what I think is so fascinating about that character is that, you know, all these different characters over all these different movies say all these different reasons that he does this or what he is or, you know, pure evil and all this other stuff. But I think what makes Michael Myers fascinating, what makes it in 1978, that movie hit people so hard is that it is a villain in a movie that is the that is completely empty mm-hmm. like michael myers is a void right we do not see his face he is covered in a mask we do not see what he looks like the mask itself has no personality it's not jason's hockey mask right that is supposed that evokes a monster right it's not freddy krueger um no it's just nothing it's an expressionless mask right on somebody who doesn't run who doesn't um who isn't a monster right he's just a tall dude he uh takes his time he doesn't really seem to feel pain he doesn't really uh have like an mo there's like like there's not like certain people he kills or like if you come to his hunting ground he kills you He's just decided that these people have to die and that that he's going to kill them. And we get the sense that there's really nothing he gets out of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Side note, one of the scariest things that I have heard in any piece of media is in Attack on Titan, the anime. Um, I don't know how familiar people are with Attack on Titan, but if you don't know, it's an anime about a world where humanity basically lives in these, like, in in a walled-off community because the world is infested by giants, like these giant humanoid creatures called titans that eat humans. In a throwaway scene in season one of Attack on Titan, they're like in a classroom and someone's ex- like a teacher's explaining the Titans. And he says in a throwaway line, the Titans eat humans. And then he mentions briefly that they find piles of human bodies later, that it seems like the Titans just eventually regurgitate the humans. They don't eat other animals. They mentioned that. They don't eat deer. They don't eat anything else. They just eat humans. And then eventually later, they regurgitate the humans. Meaning they're eating humans, but they do not need them for food. And that is the scariest thing anyone has ever said in a piece of medium to me. And they yes. blow past it. And I think it is horrifying. The idea that yeah. this thing hunts human beings, eats them, but then just vomits them back up because they don't need them for food. Hunting and eating them is just the thing they do. Mm-hmm. Michael Myers just hunts and murders people yeah. with seemingly no point. He's empty. He's an empty void. And like all these movies from the first one on, Donald Pleasance through the sequels where they tried to explain that he's like some possessed demon through <laughs> uh, Rob Zombie spending 30 minutes trying to explain it. I think What's fascinating about the franchise and why people keep coming back is because people, audiences, directors, writers, everyone is fascinated by trying to fill that void. Everyone's like, I gotta know why he's doing it. At some point, they're gonna tell us, right? Like, it's so fascinating. And like, they never, they always do. And those, no explanation has ever been satisfying. Mm -hmm. Because of course it wouldn't be. Because none of them feel right. 
and ultimately it doesn't matter right like it does like him him needing to kill Lori, right if and, and he's he's her brother and he needs to kill Lori. doesn't explain all the other people he's murdered at all <laughs> at all doesn't explain at all him being <laughs> possessed by some ghost and there's like a cult making him do it like it's like okay, but was that true when he was a child? Like this doesn't make this is this is not hold water, right? Again, Rob Zombie's movie making him murder the family doesn't explain all the people who get killed later. It just doesn't explain this empty void that, for some reason, murder seems to be the only thing driving him for, and it doesn't seem to it fill him, and we don't get any explanation. With a character like that, how can there not be a franchise with 12 movies in it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how will people not keep coming back? Because you're just going to keep... They're searching forever for the reason why. So yeah, it, keeps you, keep... it keeps you hungry for more. You'll keep mm-hmm. projecting it back on. Like, Jason's story is pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Freddie's story is pretty clear. Um, You know, like... But Michael, man, like he's empty in that first movie. And there's been 12 movies since where pe- different people have tried, like have tried to fill that emptiness for us. And we're always going to keep coming back because no solution is right because there is no solution. He's just empty. That's and so I true. Think, I think yep. that's terrifying to people and fascinating. The idea that there don't have to be explanations for things and that there is no counter to it it just is mm-hmm. that's great yeah, and i i love that that concept that you just put it into perspective with in that as someone who would be a writer or like a director using michael myers as a character i mean he's a you know going back to 1978 he's a blank canvas for you to tell whatever story you want with him and i think that's fascinating that now i'm thinking back i'm like directors of all kinds, writers of all kinds saw Michael Myers in 1978 as a blank slate with nothing to him, but he is a murderer. And they all said, I want to tell this story using this character. And it's that fun paradox where fans want to know, but they don't want to know at the exact same time. Like in the mm-hmm. newer Halloween movies, people still weren't happy with the with the outcome that we got by the end of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a reason, I mean, there's a reason it's he, he's just called the shape. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all it says about him in the script is he's mm-hmm. the shape. The script never refers to him as Michael unless characters do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I so fascinating. That. It keeps a, it keeps him elusive and, and secretive even to you guys. That's neat. Yeah. The shape. It's like, amazing. Oh, love it. Love uh, it. <laughs> thank you so much, Michael, for, for sharing that. Um, we just have a couple more questions for you and we'll uh, we'll sort of start to bring it home. Um, I wanted to ask about your experiences with going to conventions now, you know, coming off of the Halloween movies. Um, I spoke to, and please forgive me, uh, other Michael, if you're listening, Michael Whaley or Whaley uh, mm-hmm. of Atomicon. Really? Whaley. Okay. I, I second guessed myself. <laughs> um, building up to our chat with you, I spoke with him at Atomicon and I spoke with him, you know, over messenger and he's been sending me like the short films um, that he's worked on. And he told me, ask Michael about his experiences with conventions nowadays. And I'm sure he's got some great stories is what he said. So I wanted to ask you, 
how have conventions been for you? And I know you said you did Horror Hound, right? Not too long yeah, ago. I did Horror Hound last year. Yes. Um, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm a cosplayer. I'm. I go to cons. Like Dragon Con's my favorite place in the world. I miss it so much. I want to go back. It's been several years. I keep having gigs the same weekend. Anyway, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, but like you know, this now being on this side of it has been a little surreal mm-hmm. a little weird um you know it, it, it's still very strange to me when they're like hey come you know have a panel at Atomicon I'm like why no one wants to hear me talk about anything <laughs> like um and then and then getting to go to Horror Hound was crazy um you know like I've I've been to fan cons I've, I've stood in line to get autographs and take photos with celebrities um and it took me probably like a day and a half to like acclimate to that I wasn't there for that that I was there to be on the other side of the table which was very strange because I came in and I was like so uh, what do I go and they were like right here and they sat me down and I was like bear my face on it and then um uh at one point so I'm you know I we get there and they're all like well, what do you want to do and like where you know what do you want at your table and I'm like I don't know and they took me to my table and they were trying to talk to me about my table and I was just standing there and they're like, what's wrong? And I was like, that's Wood Harris. And so they were like, yeah, I was like, that's Wood Harris. I don't know what to, what do I do? Do I go over to, like, they were like, <laughs> um, and they were probably like, do you want to just go meet him? I was like, I can't just go meet Wood Harris. Like, what? <laughs> How long, what's his line like? Do I have to stand in line? And they were like, no, we'll move you past the line. I was like, wait, you're going to just let me meet Wood Harris? It's weird. <laughs> it's like, I'm not ready for that. Um, <laughs> I was not cool when I met Wood Harris. I was like, keep it cool. You're going to be cool. You're going to be fine. Just be cool. <laughs> I'm like, come on, come on, come on. We'll take you over to meet Wood. And I was like, oh, okay, oh, fine. All right, I'm going to be cool, cool. And then I, they took me over to him and I wasn't cool. I wasn't cool at all. I was like, oh, I was like, hi, sir. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how, how it goes? Every time you want to meet your heroes, you're like, I know exactly what I'm going to say. I've got it written in my phone or on my hand. And then it all just goes away. <laughs> Oh, I'm here to tell you, walking up, I had no idea what to say and was freaking <laughs> out about that. And then I was like, just be cool. Just just say hi. And then uh, hi became, hi, sir. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> and it was downhill a, from there. This is off to a bad start. And I was like, you're so good on the wire. Um, your work on the wire is the best part of the entire show. And I don't think you get enough credit for it. Okay. Um, and he was like, thanks, man. I was like, yeah, this is my first <laughs> convention. <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. It was really nice. We took a picture together. He was really cool. And then as the weekend go- went on, like we keep seeing each other in the elevators and stuff, he was very nice. And I was like, oh, thank you for not being weird because I'm weird. Um, no, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And like, it was strange having, you know, people sort of come to me as as one of the celebs. It was very bizarre. I don't consider myself a celebrity. Um at all and uh it took me a while to be like you want me to sign this that's okay um especially some people you know some people have been getting autographs in this franchise forever Mm -hmm. so people would bring me posters with like jamie's name on it wow and they were like you should sign this and i was like what no you want to put my name on this jamie lee curtis's name is on this you don't want my name on this they're like yeah i do and i was like okay I guess I'll sign this next to, is that Paul Rudd? Yeah, great. Okay. 
very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> uh, this is this is a small, very hilarious thing, but uh, <laughs> James Courtney has a huge autograph. Like it's really big. <laughs> like he would sign the Halloween posters like really big. Yeah. Um, and a couple of times, I'm sure there are people who have them. But at a certain point, I started like talking about that with people where they would bring it up and be like, James, this giant autograph. And like Carmela was next to me and she was laughing about it. And so then I, I started just signing inside James James's autograph. <laughs> like he draw his J really big. So a couple of times I just signed inside the J. That's, <laughs> That's amazing. Little Easter egg in there. You don't even yeah, realize. Like, You're like, oh, <laughs> what is that? Michael. Sm- oh, Michael Smallwood's in there. Okay. Like, this is James's poster. I get it. Like, fine. But like, if you're going to sign this big, then I'm just going to have some fun signing in your autograph, buddy. They always say to read between the lines and the fine print and read between <laughs> James's signature. And there's a gem, Michael Smallwood right there. <laughs> people, I, I, I asked before I did that. I didn't sure, just, sure. I would ask people, but hey, is it okay if I sign inside his autograph? And they'd be like, yeah, that's funny. And I'm like, like yeah, look, watch. I was but, gonna say, just knowing people, how people are at conventions, I'm sure they were like, yes, please do it. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. nice. You got consent though, because I'm sure there are fans who want their posters a certain way, and that's each their own. Yeah. Listen, and they will tell you that, and they will come up and be like, no, 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 sign with these pens. Great. Yes, sir. What do you need? Um, um, and like, where do you want me to? I always ask, like, where do you want me to sign? And if they're like, they don't care, then I'll sign somewhere. And if, uh, you know, if they're like, no, no, hey, is this a very specific thing? I, especially the people who bring you those things that like they've clearly been working on and getting a bunch of people to sign. I'm always like, okay, do you have a spot for me? Or, and some of the, a lot of them do. A lot of them will bring you the thing with like, here, I marked exactly where you can sign. Great. Love that for, love that for me. Like, love that. Here you go, buddy. That's awesome. <laughs> no, everybody was great. Everybody was really cool. I, it was a lot of fun, and um, I'm excited to get to do some more of them. Uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I, I think there's one I'm going to do this year, but I I don't I haven't been announced yet, so I'm not in time. I can't say I'm not going to say anything until they yeah. like. I know how that is. You're definitely going, but I I I do, I do really like them. They were a lot of yeah. fun. Like. It's just cool to like see everybody. Like we did a panel uh, at Horror Hound, which was a lot of fun. It was all of us from Halloween Kills, and that was an absolute blast. Um, and uh, you know, if you if you if if I'm at if I'm at your convention, you'll probably find if there's a like you'll find me roaming around at some point, look like just being a nerd, a nerd like everybody else. Um, <laughs> I am I in fact so this is silly, but like they you know whenever they do merchandise and stuff they don't send it to us like or or whatever so like i don't have and i really want one of the halloween kill steel books that they had like right when it first came out um i just didn't order one at time and uh so i'm like oh i really still want one of those steel books so the next convention i go to i'm gonna go to like vendor tables and be like hey do you have one of the steel books can i buy it Beautiful. That'll make somebody's day when you're coming and buying that from them. So like, you don't have one and be like, no, I don't. Oh, <laughs> also, so people will bring you stuff. And it's like, I didn't even know this was a thing. Like, I didn't know that they had made like vinyl records of the soundtrack. Didn't know that until people were bringing them to me to sign. I was like, what? This is a thing? I want one. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. People that Halloween music, man, people will eat it up. 
Mm-hmm. I had no idea. So the next con I go to, I think I'm just going to go to all the vendor tables and I'm going to just buy some Halloween kill <laughs> yeah. stuff that I don't have. Like I've got some stuff, but like nice. I, I've got all my like very specific like crew wrap stuff. But like mm-hmm. as far as like the general merch, I don't have any of that. Yep. So I'm like, oh, I want <laughs> I want a vinyl. Ra- it's orange. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's, oh, the that's cool. The, like the record itself is orange cool. and like. Kevin and I are are vinyl nerds, so I might have Mm -hmm. to go get one of those at some point. I'm a vinyl nerd. I'm super, I've really gotten into it over the past few years, like buying vinyl. I really like doing it. I've got some, I've actually got some like stuff that I'm like, this is pretty rare, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, but yeah, no, I'm gonna have to go and I'm gonna, so next time (laughs) I'm at a con, if I show up at your vendor table to be like, hey, (laughs) is, can I, can I buy the steel book and the album of the movie I'm in? Give me a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> give me a discount. Hope, hopefully you'll be hooked up. Give me a give me a discount. I'll Employee sign a bunch discount. Of stuff if you let me if you give me a discount on just start these. making trades. I'll sign, I'll sign these two things for you. You just give me these two. Great. There you go. Beautiful. Well, um, Jules, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on with the Halloween movies before we uh start to wrap it up? Um one super silly quick question. One of my First things I remember seeing about Halloween kills people were posting was the big fight scene with the town. Obviously, that that was a big gem of a scene. Um, and one of the ladies showed up to fight with uh, an, an iron. iron. An yeah, iron. and people <laughs> yeah. were ripping that to shreds. So I, I, I don't understand. She's right? the, she's my favorite character. Right. She should have been the star of Halloween Ends. Right. I mean, right. I mean, if you think about it, you could take that cord, you could sling it, you could like knock him right in the face with that. Who knows? But my silly question is what. What weapon of choice would you have brought personally to that fight? Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> so I brought a I brought a stethoscope to my fight with him, and it should have worked. <laughs> um, I mean, Bracket brought a gun, and that didn't work. Uh, I'm going for rocket launcher. I think at this point, like I think we just need <laughs> the biggest something because the traditional weapons. Maybe we should go with an iron at this point. I don't know. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go a slightly different direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go with a fencing rapier because Michael Myers is big and he's you know powerful, but I bet his form is weak. I bet I could I bet <laughs> I could like I, I bet if we dueled, I bet I could get him. Yeah. Like like his his footwork's all off. <laughs> Probably his dance is terrible. Like I bet you know me. And a rapier, just one-on-one with Michael, I'd dance circles around him. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. There you go. That's that's the follow-up movie in 20 years, <laughs> is you show up, and that's your fight. And then you get killed yep. again. I'll get killed again. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Yay! So, just grab the rapier and just break it, because it's a there rapier. There you go. Uh, so, so I don't think I'll make it very far in a Halloween movie, but I guess I can at least try to slow Michael down. Speaking of footwork... I will bring just a bag of Legos and just pour them behind me as there I move and Michael will just step on them and <laughs> and hurt That's his feet or fall down and then eventually he'll catch me, but that'll at least slow him down and I'll get uh, more screen time, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, is he lactose intolerant? We could just like be like, yeah. hey, drink this milk. Or... Yeah, we need to get creative, I think, because yeah. all hey, the usual stuff isn't working at this point. Hey, Michael, I've had this shrimp for three weeks. Here you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Give him a uh, tummy ache and just take him down. Yeah, we got, see, they they should have hired any of us to do the writing and Michael would have gone down. Evil would have died. Whoever whoever does the next Halloween franchise, I'll do some touch-ups on the script. Like, just give me, <laughs> give me a pass. Just give me one yeah. pass with the script. I guarantee 
it will people will be like weird direction they went very mm. weird very weird like it almost became a comedy in the third act it was very strange yeah. i it was very bold of them to have michael myers show up at kevin malone's house like it was very <laughs> weird <laughs> I love there that. you go i mean yeah that's that's the way to do it the the trending tagline from halloween kills will come true evil will die tonight oh my and god you'll be all set <laughs> legit that would be a great crossover movie though halloween alone that'd be great right <laughs> yeah. yeah beautiful oh beautiful i love it that's that's amazing love that question that's awesome well, I had one more thing that I wanted to touch on, and this was actually brought to mine and Jules' attention by Mr. Charlie. Uh, shout out to Charlie, future guest of the show, coming very soon. And he showed us a trailer for Live Screamers. Ah. And we are both fascinated by this trailer. Um, and I know it's still, you know, in the works, but I wondered if you would just maybe touch on it with the audience and, you know, let people know what this entails because i think it's fascinating uh so yeah so very excited about this movie it's gonna be hitting the festival circuit this august um although i don't think no they haven't officially announced where we're premiering yet so i can't say that either but um i have a i have a, I have a good idea of where we're premiering i guess i should say uh but yeah so live streamers it's a sequel it's a sequel to uh 2019's live scream um by Michelle Antoineau. Uh, and this movie follows uh, a, a YouTube channel of gamers called Janice Gaming, who are sitting down for a let's play of a game that is um, like an early access independent game called House of Souls. I think that's what it's called. House of Souls. We only say the title of the game that we're playing like <laughs> once, and then like mm -hmm. there's a whole movie that happens after that. But then the, uh, the, the movie... Like they start playing the game and then they realize that um, things that happen to them in the game happen to them in real life. And it is a fight for survival uh, as the members of Janice Gaming try and get through the game without losing their lives. I guess <laughs> I, I I was like I ran out of I ran into like oh is what I'm about to say spoilery and then I just started yeah. picking random words out of the air is what happened <laughs> it's, it's really great it's it's um it's all um you know live cam so it's 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 everyone's it's everyone's stream camera uh plus you know the game the footage of the game that they're playing um and it's an absolutely fascinating film to have made because we shot it we shot this is this, we shot this movie in order um and everyone is on camera at all times right there's no coverage or anything like that it is you're in your chair in front of your camera the whole time wow. right wow um yeah. and so you know we're we're all reacting to different things um and reacting to the game reacting to each other sometimes we're in each other's cameras because we've moved uh yeah it was just such a cool a cool dance of a movie to put together we've got a great cast um and uh yeah i think i think i'm excited to see how people respond to it i'm particularly excited to see you know how in you know with people especially having you know their sort of um the relationship that people have to youtube channels to to let's plays to um twitch the relationships that people have to streamers, to content creators, the ways, the many ways um, in which those relationships have 
become uh, problematic in public. Uh, like a lot of that stuff is hit on in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's about it's about that community. It's about the creators. It's about the fans. Uh, it's about you know the ways in which um, that sort of relationship can be soured how it can sour people how they can lose sight of themselves um yeah and also there's just some really great kills in it um you know some really cool effects yeah man i i think it's i think people are gonna i think people are really gonna dig it i'm super excited to see how people react to it as a movie too because i think i just think it's a very different watch um and so yeah that's yeah, that's, amazing. that's gonna be that's gonna be hitting the festival circuit this fall. So if you're anywhere near a festival where live scream is uh showing, you should absolutely come through. And I might even be there. Love it. Nice. So Jules, whenever this movie comes near us, uh we've got plans to go to a, a screening of it for yeah. sure. Cause it sounds yeah, I'll amazing. Be I'll probably and... be there, I'll be in the back heckling. Uh <laughs> as one does. Heckling my appearance in the movie, yeah. like every time I show up, I'd be like, "Oh, boo, boo, this man!" See, you're perfect to go to a Charleston's Absent Friends Rocky Horror Shadowcast screening <laughs> and sit because... in the back row, yeah. <laughs> sit in the back, like full you know. circle. That's yeah, like, amazing. Wouldn't be me, I wouldn't go in there. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Aren't you? Are you yelling at yourself? Don't you know what happens? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, I amazing. Do. I do. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and last thing, I just wanted to, you know, have you plug any socials. Oh, sorry, and you brought it up, but there's there is a trailer on YouTube for live. Yes, there is. There is. I will be sure to post a link out. to that. If what I said sounds interesting, you can just go watch the trailer. It's on YouTube. <laughs> Absolutely, it's, uh, it's on YouTube, and in fact, um, no, I I do not have a link to it anywhere on any of my social media. <laughs> but I will I will go in and and probably. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll try adding a link to it. Well, I think uh, I think I actually found it the other day and sent it to Jules. So we'll be sure to share it on our social so people can go check okay. it out. But Perfect. in the meantime, I mean, where can people you know keep in touch with you and keep up with everything that you got coming up? You want to plug your your socials and where people can uh, can keep up with um, all that's going on. So listen, you can usually find me uh, in most major cities outside of the Scientology building screaming, um, <laughs> like too afraid to go in, but desperately wondering what happened to Shelly the Savage. Um, <laughs> that's not even a joke. Any major city that I'm in that has a Scientology building, you can find me outside <laughs> the building, like genuinely, like I kind of want to go in, but I'm so scared. <laughs> um love it <laughs> uh no uh you I, you know i'm on instagram at michael smallwood forever um you know I, I i post i've been posting very sporadically this year i'm gonna start ramping that back up uh i also i used to i haven't done this in a while i took some months off of it because my schedule was just impossible but for a long time i was doing movie uh mondays where i would watch and live react to a movie on my instagram oh. um I want to bring that back. I got to bring that back. So keep, keep yeah, on that. sounds fun. Yeah, it, it it was. And I would watch all sorts of stuff. I, I, you know, I would let people suggest movies. I would watch things that I would never watch otherwise. <laughs> um, watch things that I was excited about. Watch things that I was like, oh no, this is terrible. I hate this. This is awful. Don't watch this movie. Um, I need, so I need to, I need to bring that back. I'm going to, I'm either going to, I'm going to bring it back at some point, probably move it to Sundays. It'd be a lot easier for me to do it. Sure. Um, 
So keep an eye out for that. Uh, yeah, I'm on threads, I guess, too. I, you know, everyone is right now. Uh, I have made like two threads, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to, I need to like, I, I need to like get back in and be like, okay, what am I doing here? Uh, you can follow me on TikTok where I occasionally post, uh, and I, again, need to get back into doing this, but for a while I was just doing like random Shakespearean monologues on TikTok. Um yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm around. Uh, I actually am. So one thing I'm going to do here in the future, and this will be on probably most of my social media, is that like I recently sat down and tried to determine my 100 favorite movies, and I think Ooh, I did finally tough. narrow it down to a. Oh, it was real hard. <laughs> uh, there there are things that were like on the list, and I was like, I do really like this, and then I was like, this is this has to go because I can't cut this off. So I think I've done it. And so I think I might just start post, like make a whole thing of like over the next few weeks to be like, all right, here are my hundred favorite movies. I'm going to let everybody know who they are. These are the hundred movies that are like, yep, these are all, these are all Michael's favorite movies. Mm-hmm. That's, That's such awesome. a great project. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So that'll be, that'll be a great, like, I haven't, like I've been <laughs> saying, I haven't been posting a lot lately. I post a lot of my stories, but I haven't been like making a lot of posts and I'm like, well, this will be a big thing. If anybody's following me now, like yeah here's a great way to get to know me here's all my 100 favorite movies <laughs> go watch all of these movies they're great that's awesome well everybody you heard it here first you know where to find him in person and or on social media so go give him a follow go say hello uh michael this has been an absolute pleasure having you on thank you so much for joining us tonight absolutely yes, thank you. Like, this was a lot of fun um yeah. really really love talking to you guys it got heavy there for a minute which i love um and that's yeah, why no, i put it's... it in the middle i was like yeah. let's let's do it in the middle and then let's go back to like what do you want to kill michael myers with you know so <laughs> yeah no really really awesome yeah this was a lot of fun thank you well, absolutely thank you. you are welcome on the show anytime you would like if you love a movie or hate a horror movie that you're uh that you're watching you can absolutely come talk to us about it anytime Ooh, all right. Look, I, I I will say this. I'll say that anytime if you, I would I would be more than happy to come back on if you at any point end up talking about any of these obscure weird horror movies, <laughs> especially like oh my god, especially if like I don't know if you ever get around to talking about Raw, I'd love to come back on. Oh I yeah, love that movie. Um, so much. It's on the list officially right now. Number mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna do it. I love it so much. So I like, I'm, you know, feel, feel free to reach out and be like, have you seen this? Like, oh yeah, I'll come yeah. on and talk about that movie. What up? Well, the beautiful thing about uh, this podcast is that anytime a guest comes on, they get free reign for what we get subjected to for that week. So if you want to come on, you're feeling like you want to talk about something, you want to bring raw or you want to bring something torturous to us. Uh, we welcome it all. So, and we will talk about it all. Okay. So. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michael and Jules. Thank you so much for joining me tonight as my co-host. This has been a total blast. Shout out to Jules, everybody, for the logo that you're seeing behind our faces in here. She actually made this last night. We whipped it up last night. It was like last night. I'm I'm a bit of a like perfectionist. So we (laughs) no joke for about two hours. I was like, what if we put the skull here? No, what if we move it over half an inch? You know, and we we decided on this. So we're we're really happy with it. So you're our first guest with the official Zoom background. So you're welcome for that honor. Love it. Have it. It actually ended up working out quite nicely, Jules, because our shirts are somewhat neon looking in with this background. Yep. So it's That's like perfect. this whole yeah, it's perfect. 
whole really neon good. theme. So awesome. Well, uh, Jules, real quick before we sign off, uh, you want to tell everyone where they can keep up with Charleston's Absent Friends, everything that's coming up. Maybe tell, oh, yeah. uh, we mentioned a particular movie from 1993 earlier. Maybe tell uh, Michael what the theme is for the next Rocky Horror Show. Oh, okay. Well, to keep it fresh, because we are blessed with with Terrace Theater. I mean, they let us come and do Rocky Horror every single month, um, which is wonderful, again, for that sense of community we were we were touching on. It's a good place for us to get together and figure out what to do and have fun. Um, so because we perform so much, we like to do themes every other month um, where we theme our Rocky characters to another movie or fandom. And August is going to be Jurassic Park. So that is right, guys. Frankenfurter is doing sweet transvestite in an inflatable T-Rex <laughs> costume. Um, it'll actually be our dear friend Scarlet will be Frank that night. Um, you're going to see Raptors. You're going to see all the main characters. Jeff Goldblum, sexy behind, is going to be Rocky <laughs> Horror for the, for the evening. Um, so, yeah, uh, Charleston's Absent Friends, Facebook, Instagram, uh, anything at Terrace Theater, please support them. They're a wonderful independent movie theater. I one of the last that. ones around here. See, you heard it. Michael Smallwood loves I it. Love it's one of my favorite theaters. Yes. It's Shout out to theater. Terrace. They're amazing. Yeah, yep. everybody over there is great. I love that place. Yeah, and then our, our huge show with Barry Bostwick, like we said, the original Brad Major. So if you are a Barry fan or a fan of Rocky Horror, that is uh, September 23rd, and tickets are going to be dropping here in the next week. So stay on the lookout for that. We're expecting that to sell out pretty quickly. Um, and those are the big things. So thanks for letting me get my plugs in too. Absolutely. Anytime. We welcome it all on Midnight Terrors here. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening and watching our chat with Michael Smallwood, with me and my guest co-host, or not even guest co-host, she's a co-host. What, what am I talking about? <laughs> she is part of the family, as is everyone on Midnight Terror. She is my co-host, Jules from Charleston's Absent Friends. Thank you all so much for listening and watching. Get in touch with us on socials, Midnight Terror's podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com with movie picks or topic ideas. Anything you want to talk to us about, we are absolutely down. That is it for the Midnight Terrors podcast. We will see you all again very, very soon. Peace.